Hello. What up? What up? What up? I just needed to make sure that like we were all here, all present, ready to do what we do. We're breathing. This is Ergo here on WHPK, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Dame. And what we do is we showcase strong voices from Chicago and beyond each week. Another live, long-form interview with an artist, writer, organizer, person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. We continue uh, our Ergo Run It Back series. This is the last week of return guests with a very special one, all the way from episode three to the present. But first, a couple community announcements. I'm feeling very radio-y today. Yeah, man. There's there's, there's things happening. Uh, Saturday is a big day. Saturday is a big day. I don't know the details. I know my man's about to back me up. <laughs> but Al West, Sister Survivor, which is an uh, uh, initiative put together by your ho- hometown hero, Bella Boss, um, is doing a, a back-to-school event with book bag giveaways, performances. Uh, and then later that evening at the Breathing Room Space, Christopher Brown, also known as Thought Poet, is having his Heart Melanin exhibition series at the Breathing Room, 1434 West 51st. Uh, which I want to say is it starts at seven. Give them, give them the, the That's deets. What we so Bella's is uh, from one to seven, and it's out west at forty nine hundred West Camerling. Um, so definitely go through from there, and then come out south to the breathing room space. Which yeah, seven p.m. is what I had on that. And there's going to be all kinds Let's get of a live caravan going. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty. We should get men if you have the like school bus hookup to move people. That'd be uh, pretty cool. We should anyway. I'll write, I'll write it down as a note. Writing theme with the back to school. Absolutely. Situation. But there's going to be all kinds of live performance also at the, at, uh, Chris Brown's thing. Nope. <laughs> at the, thought uh, at thought <laughs> let's go with that. Let's go with thought <laughs> <laughs> at his event that evening, as well as the opening of his beautiful photo exhibition. A couple other community announcements. Um, a part of the city that we, I think, have never talked about. Uh, for some good reasons is the northwest side but there's a lot of fantastic artists out there too uh, including the broken nose collective which is a whole bunch of folks from the city doing cool stuff uh, and they have an event um, called the get down this friday night it's a benefit for them and for a couple community organizations uh, so definitely you can find the info I'll, I'll share it on my facebook and if you just search the get down broken nose you can find that um also on Sunday, there's a big solidarity against white supremacy rally downtown, Federal Plaza. Uh, also on Sunday, a couple more things. Man, I got a lot of announcements today. Uh, Ergo alum Avery R. Young has been part of this project called uh, Floating Museum, where they've been doing these incredible constructions out of like wood and tape and like, different community events. And the kind of culmination of that is on Sunday, they have this barge that they've made that's floating down the Chicago River. Um, and it's featuring Damn, hot. pieces of art by people from all over the city. <laughs> That's wrong. <too. laughs> no, a barge, like a floating, like a, like a full, like, like, on the like river. a boat. <laughs> so if that sam- sounds like something that tickles your fancy, you should check that out. There's going to be programming all day. That's on the Riverwalk. Um, also, that evening is the next edition of Church on the Nine, hosted by Ergo alum Charles Preston. Um, on Monday. There are two great concerts. You might have to choose between the two. So Soul Patches is featuring at the corner over at the Promontory. Um, and then also, Joseph Chilliams has his release show for his new project, Henry Church. Did that sell out yet? There's still I think there's still some tickets available. It's at Shuba's, uh, and that should be very, very fun. And also, if you can't make it to the show, just check out the project, because I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's, uh, it's great. Henry Church, available now. And also... Happy anniversary to somebody out there. <laughs> it's 
got to be somebody's anniversary for something. A wedding, a new job, a graduation. Something. Happy anniversary, somebody. Oh, on this special day, this special, special day. Without further ado, let's uh, let's bring let's do it. our guest let's to do the it. microphone. It's about that time. Oh. Relatively speaking, he was early. So <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing performer. Good, good friend of the show. Uh, swagged out, aesthetic extraordinaire. The one, the only, the dynamic. Mr. Rick Wilson is in the building. <laughs> DJ Noke, throwback. Okay. Oh, dope, throwback. <laughs> How you feeling today, bro? Well, let me let me do it the air go away. <laughs> like you, you were you were one of our, our first guests, so we've developed some some practices and some theories since uh, then. Okay, I was so, the third episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So one of our or the second and a half episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, we gonna, we gonna stop. No, no, we're not. no, no, no we gonna, we gonna keep doing that, but. What we like to say now is, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world in this time, this season, this day? Um, the world's treating me good, really good, really good. I woke up this morning and I felt like a, I felt like a Blink One Eighty Two song, and then um, any particular Blink One Eighty Two song, or just in general? Yeah, it's this song called I think it's like Mutt or like M U T T or M E T T. Uh, I was just feeling like that song. Mm-hmm. And then on my way here, I feel like a Janet Jackson song. Ooh. Is this a, yeah, this is a great way. I've never heard anyone describe it. Do you often think of your moments as being like different songs? Oh, yeah, I always feel like songs or like, (laughs) I always feel like a song or like a movie. You know what I mean? Depending on the, like, the, this, like, where I'm at. Even like when it's bad, like what are some, when you're having like, let's say a very stressful moment or you're really frustrated, like what's a song that associates with that? Man, I was like, uh, (laughs) I was like, I was stressed, like, Two weeks ago, so I was feeling like it ends tonight by All American Rejects. This is a very so. This actually is the perfect <laughs> jump to something that I've uh, I'm excited to talk to you about, which is so. The first time we had you on episode three in the 104 episodes, as we've alluded to, you were by far the latest. So that's something to say. <laughs> <laughs> you showed up 20. Wow, I was later than everyone. Everybody, everybody by far. Yo, that's like, not even not even close. <laughs> wow. Nobody else was more than three minutes late, and you were 25 minutes late. But all that Man. being said, one of the things that's been really fun since then is, you know, whether it's through the work we've done together or just us being in space together, hanging out, we've learned all these little, like, gems. Yeah, we know more about you for real, for real, probably than, like, anyone else. Probably, yeah. You guys and, like, do. my father and my sister have been on the show. <laughs> I feel like I know more Rick Wilson factoids. So okay. there, are like, there are, like, a couple gems that I want to make sure we get on the record that I think are very important. But this is a somewhat new one that you have like this deep Blink One Eighty Two All American Rejects appreciation. Mm-hmm. Is that, that that was like a piece of your life, or is a piece of your life? This like two thousand six pop rock type thing. Man, no, actually two thousands pop rock. Okay, two thousand six is part of the two thousands. I mean, well, early two thousands, okay, like okay. nineteen ninety eight to like two thousand like four. Blink One Eighty Two was going crazy, and. uh Nah, I was just like, I was talking to my friend yesterday. I was telling her about how I like to, like, watch American, I was watching American Pie yesterday. And, like, that's one of my, like, three favorite movies. (laughs) And, like, and it's just like the, like, suburban rig comes out of me. And I just, like, love the movie. Yeah, I think we're going to keep, this is part of what's so fun is I think this list of (laughs) of little gems will never end. Yeah, so so the way I think I want to frame it 
is like your your growth and you're coming i think into like your full identity in the mm-hmm. time since because what was that two years ago basically? a little over two years ago yeah 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 and so i think at that time this was like the penny raps era oh, right where you were like rapping and wrapping it up uh there was like this kind of tagline of like you were the prison abolitionist rapper mm-hmm. and you would like perform at the socialist forum and you were like this wow, organizer yeah. who, who would rap cool. and i think our conversation was as we were trying to create like a platform or a brand for our show was really trying to like talk about hip-hop and social justice and how did <laughs> yeah, you do yeah. that chicago freedom <laughs> school and blah 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 and i think we really kind of well because of time as well but but because of trying to really like i don't know fit this package that was coming out missed i think your development for real for real and the story of how you became a performer how you became an artist the connections that you have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like fascinating it's like it's mind-blowing shit you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so i really want to get to like how you explain and i hope you we could like recreate the moment we had <laughs> where was that at um it was in lighthouse I yeah at, at lighthouse that one time after after the pigeon episode of like your development into artistry and if you shortchange it we're gonna help you out because we've oh. told the story oh, ourselves. my development into artistry well let we can get more specific yeah because that's like a massive quote like what are a couple artistic roles that you've served or things that you've done that maybe people looking at oh, you know, at Soul Bounce Rick yeah. would not would not appreciate. Especially as you've like come into your own musically now, where it's it's so like dance heavy and like you, you it's yeah. really a dynamic. There, there's a reason that you are where you are right now. And if y'all are not checked out the music Rick Wilson has been making over the last two years, you're really sleeping. It's some of the most fun stuff out. And if you haven't seen him perform, you're really, really slipping. Gotta so, come to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> not. Come to me, you on the move. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, what are a couple <laughs> what are a couple jobs that art artist Rick has had that people might not guess? Oh man. Uh well growing up, I uh I was a praise dancer at my church. Mm-hmm. I was also in the youth choir at my church. Um, I bowled growing up, like, like competitively, like, like competitively. Amazing. Bowled. Like what's your what's your high? Like my high is like two seventy. Right. <laughs> like you out there. Like I almost like, had a three hundred game. But like I tweaked. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Like very serious. Like missed one frame. Like yeah. Serious. That's. 270 would mean you got to strike every frame in one spare, right? Almost. Yeah. That's crazy. You That's never insane. forget it. So you were a competitive bowler. Competitive <laughs> bowler since I was like dancer. six. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Marquette Plaque playing basketball with the Marquette Best and the Bulldogs. If you know anything about the South Side, that was sort of two teams of that. And it was in the Small Fire League. I grew up there since I was like super young until I was like 13. And then I was bowling since like seven to like high school because I had to, I couldn't were, bowl on high school. You were a two-sport athlete. <laughs> two-sport athlete, yeah. yeah so <laughs> uh, I ran cross-country high school um, and track and field. And bring it out. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, we gonna get it on. This right. we are. We gonna do it first here. We are not letting you go. <laughs> you are, uh, we I are was, leading the witness. <laughs> I graduated Trium through Honest Choir, and I was part of of um, the dance team in my high school, and I was part of the show choir in my high school. Come on, Rick. <laughs> Come on, Rick. Who? <laughs> Did you jerk for? <laughs> and I was part of a jerking breakdance. But team. tell the tell the truth, I was, y'all was oh, like you was like, and I was like a pioneer. I was in the, the, the Chicago jerk. My, uh, yeah, actually, we were the first jerk team in Chicago. Anyone doesn't know what jerking is. We're not talking about masturbation. We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about like jerk dancing. That was like very very like 
relevant between like 2009 to like 11 ish. So you were a jerk pioneer in the city of Chicago with a with a religious bent. We were just I'm, we need to make sure this gets on, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the way that you framed it was that you were a Christian jerker. Yes, oh, I was about to tell you that. Yeah, my mm-hmm. first rap song ever um, was this song that's probably on the internet still. It's called Church Jerking. <laughs> we gotta get if, if it's there, <laughs> man, I gotta, we gotta put it on the episode. It's probably still on if YouTube. It's and I gotta made the come beat, on the podcast. And uh, I made the beat off like I think it was some. I think it was like Sony, that Sony Acid thing they mm-hmm. have. I made the beat off Sony Acid, and uh, I was like super into the Bible, and I was like reading the Bible a whole lot, and I was like going to like like bible school like every monday with my church i mean not my church with my jerk squad like my homies joey and all then we all went to like bible study wow Um, so you were all did the did the religious practice come first and then you started jerking or like you found the jerk crew and you're like let's bring this into the yeah 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 so like we were like we all were jerking and then like joey was like i'm going to bible study and my mom was super religious so we were like or not super religious she just liked the bible a whole lot so (laughs) like so then we like we like moved into uh like we sort, I sort of moved into like reading the Bible and like you know the stories in the Bible are actually very interesting, but mm-hmm. you got to take them all in, with consideration. Let's we well, let's come back to that. <laughs> I know, it, um, but there's one other role that I think is is massively important, and I think we don't necessarily. I think we won't make you say. I think we can just kind of try to recreate the moment that that it came together. <laughs> it's so, impossible. Wait, which one? You will, you'll 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 hear. So we're sitting <laughs> at, at lunch, <laughs> and. uh you we were talking about like you know how you got started dancing you were talking about the jerk crew and you were like well yeah you know and i was doing some other stuff with dancing you know i i choreographed a few quinceaneras oh yeah right <laughs> i forgot about that i totally forgot about that yeah and- i also grew up with uh well i mean i, I would say latinos but all of them were like Mexicans. <laughs> I grew up with a lot of Mexicans. And but there are a lot of people who grow up around Mexican people who don't take on a, a supervisory role in I their quinceaneras. Yeah. I like I, well, I was a good dancer, so like I just like dancing, like I started I danced by Chata one time and then like I helped like, you know, choreograph some surprise dances. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I just have, right, because it's one thing to dance by Chata, right? It's one thing to like be a quinceaneras. It's another thing to be a sixty year old black kid <laughs> and one, two, three, four. Wait, stop. You double step right there, right? Like that means you were in a position of power. You was deep into the game. I was deep into it. I, was deep into it. I thought I was going to be a dancer before I was going to be. Well, you kind of are now. I am like, a dancer. Yeah. If we, if if you've seen Rick Wilson perform, probably the last like twelve to eighteen months. I think the, the moment where I saw it come out was after you did uh, "Don't Act Like You Need Me." Oh, I feel like that, yeah. it, for, for me as a fan and as a supporter, mm-hmm. that felt like the musical shift and ever since I saw you perform that it was actually at the first we go mm-hmm. and ever since then I feel like I saw you physically oh, yeah. be more free each time you've been on the mic since yeah that first we go was lit it was like it was, me and was. like Raven was whole bunch someone of just folks. someone John just retweeted John oh wow yeah, yeah, yeah it was, was a lot of I was lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone just retweeted the pictures from that today actually and I was going back and looking at it and just the packed crowd. Yeah, we we should maybe our quarterly event series. We've only done two in two years, <laughs> but maybe maybe we'll mess around and bring one of those back. That'd be lit. That was pretty fun. But you know, let's talk about dance a little bit because I think you know you you've talked in other interviews and just in us chopping it up about like how you make dance music in a way that's not you know quote dance music but music to dance to mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like that's something you push your audiences to do um, beyond the like business side of it, which we'll get to like. What is it that you love about dancing? Like, what does it make you feel? 
I don't know. I feel well. I don't I always answer stuff. But I don't know. Then I tell you exactly what I think. <laughs> I don't know why I do well, this. You're getting some media training. Look at that. Yes. Yeah, wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, I it, when you when you dance, you just feel super free. I mean, I don't know. Like yeah. especially like if you're feeling comfortable, like in the space of dancing, you just feel like super duper like free. Mm. Like if you like talking, like if you like have a partner and like you guys go out dancing together, like that's just like the most like best like feeling too free to feel mm-hmm. free whenever so i feel like at my shows um i do this i do a soul train at my shows and the first time i did it, it was just to like see like how people would react and then i noticed something at the show and i really noticed how just like all these people who like came to see me and probably didn't really know each other sort of came together mm-hmm. and was like really rocking with each other like in a way that was super like super like what's the word I'm looking for genuine and like mm-hmm. not fake and like not trying to be cool and like not just trying to come to a rap show but really having fun at this show so then I just kept doing it at the shows and I'm realizing that like the more I do that at the show nor the more I do that at my shows the more my shows become safe spaces for like everyone mm-hmm. and I think that's uh, just it makes me feel really cool because I yeah. think the first episode we were talking about I was like trying to figure out uh, two years ago which is wild I was 19 I was trying to figure out how to like balance um how to like balance my activism or like bring my activism into like my live shows and my music and like trying to make my music a safe space. But like now, like unlike, I'm not even thinking about it, like unnonchalantly or unnonchalantly. That's not even a word. No pressure. Nonchalantly. This is a safe space. (laughs) This is a safe space. Yeah. We will make Um, fun of you for being late, but other than that, it's. I think unnonchalantly would be chalantly. Unchalantly. That's when you're like my own words. Very worried. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Nonchalantly, my my like my shows have become spaces of safe, safeness for people. Yeah, no, and it's really interesting because you know it's not because you get up there and you create guidelines at the beginning for what the show is going to be explicitly you know like this is a space for this and like you're not yelling that or forcing yeah. that on the audience well, or like i recently started doing that like i like be like this like i'll be like no racist no sexist but just because you know um like trump is, like has given a lot of people like really really weird like pride to really come out of their show so mm. like i want to make sure none of that comes out at my shows hmm. that's interesting so was that in that was in response just to the world or in response to like particular incidents at one of your shows or yeah like i used to do this song called if i was white they i probably know i perform it everywhere like in mm-hmm. 2015 and i would just like i did it this one show and like people like would really just get super uncomfortable say like really weird stuff like like what if i was black and da 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 like oh, you are a human da-da-da-da. um and then also like i'm noticing like the more and more my shows is becoming like this like dance party feel i want to make sure that like all the like women are like safe in the space mm-hmm. So, like, you know, sometimes when people feel really, really, really safe and really, really comfortable, especially men, they start tweaking really, really hard on women. So I think that's another thing, too. And then also, like, it just lets people know that, like, I'm raw. Like, even, like, like I'm just rocking with you before, like, we even start this show. Like, I'm yeah. rocking with you. You know what I mean? Period. Because a lot majority of people who listen to my music or come to my shows are, like, queer, black, and brown women. Mm-hmm. So... I definitely, and then like usually it's like up north in like spaces where it's like predominantly white areas. Yeah. So I just want to let people know that like you are like you know you're welcomed in this space, um, and we finna dance, we finna have fun. So. Yeah. so this is something we haven't actually talked about with other performers, but or ex- this explicitly, but you know because you're talking about figuring out that messaging for different people in the same audience, and there's only so much control that you can have from the stage, right, right, right. you know. Um, but how have you? 
beyond like making the the guidelines clear up top like when you're on stage you're doing the songs but you're also watching what's happening in the crowd right mm -hmm. so are there moments of feeling like almost powerless to like you're seeing something happening in the audience and you're like man that's fucked up and i can't stop it or you're here you know just like that kind of double consciousness of or that's the wrong phrase for it but like that that like double view of like what i'm doing on stage versus like how the crowd is performing because sometimes when you're performing the crowd becomes the people who are performing in your eyes you know what you mean, you mm, know what I mean? yeah yeah and that's another thing cool too about the soul train um mm. it's just the crowd becomes the performers at the time and i just like do the song and watch but i think yeah, i yeah i think your last show at chop shop like I realized like people aren't watching you right now. Like you were still up there. Like <laughs> yeah, I was rapping and it was the great. It was like it felt so dope because I'm like rapping like or singing whatever I do and like <laughs> I don't really even know anymore. I'm making doing music and like people are like dancing and like performing, entertaining themselves. Yeah. and I think that's like super duper, uh, majorly dope. Um, um, yeah, you were at the Chop Chop show, uh, but I think I mean well I haven't really had like a lot of instances you know mm -hmm. what I mean like one thing happened like this Montana 300 show and this dude was tweaking and I I mean I thought I would feel powerless but then I was like I was like I got the mic and I was like <laughs> yo hey that's whack stop doing that and then dude was like he just like he was just sort of walked because like, the spotlight was on him he just right. sort of like walked away you gotta uh, work out the lighting cues with the dude <laughs> the lighting, the do, 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 do. <laughs> but uh, another thing I'm also like working on is like. It's like I was at this show, like this show Wednesday, Georgia Smith, and like she's, you know, you, know, you guys ever heard Georgia Smith? She's like, no. she also has the song like "Where Did I Go?" or yeah, "Where Did I Go?" And then she's also on Jake on Drake's like project, and she has this interlude. She's like out there, and That's why I missed it. Yeah, <laughs> she's really dope though. She's nah, really dope. <laughs> and she was talking. She was just like when she was doing the show. She was just like, oh man, like all these people. She was sort of just like overwhelmed by how like close everyone was mm. next to her at Shubas. And I'm realizing that like maybe I'm going to have to get used to like being in not intimate spaces one day and yeah. figuring out how I'm going to do that. Like the like the Root Show was the first show I was sort of like not really in like an intimate space, but I was yeah. trying my hardest to make, make the space intimate. Like I couldn't hop into the Soul Train, right. you know what I mean? Because it was just like too far away. I couldn't hop up and down. And... Yeah, so you like, were a runner, not a long jumper. I was a runner, not a long jumper. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Solid. I got there, like, like I was looking at the stage setup and I was trying to figure out the stage production guy. Like, how can I make this more intimate? How can I get like people yeah. to come on stage? And he's like, that's just it's happening. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man. So like, now I'm figuring that out. But uh, yeah, that's no, just some things I'm thinking about. That's interesting because you know the idea is you do get to a point, or hopefully, you know, other. Artists get to a point where they are on that big stage, but they can kind of shape it. But there does seem like there's a window where it's like you, the, you're kind of at the mercy or at the description or at the discretion of the stage rather than controlling the stage once it gets big like that. Like a huge artist on that stage could say, no, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, yeah. so like if the roots who you were opening for were like, no, we want to bring 15 people on stage. I bet that stage manager would have been like, okay, you can bring 15 yeah, exactly, people on yeah. stage, you know? Um, but it's just... <sighs> It's fun to watch you like wrestle with these different questions and continuing to grow in it because I just I've seen both behind the scenes and in the way that you present your like quote career to the world. You're just hustling your ass off like you are working your ass off. Um, that's what it looks the like. Is very real. Yeah. How do you think about uh, like 
your drive and your work ethic? Like, is it working toward a particular goal? Like, are you like, I want to be on this stage or this level? Or is it like just being in movement and keeping things moving forward? It's just like constantly, like, it's just about constant movement. It's about, um, like dancing. Like like that it's like dancing. It's not even a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like dancing. It's like I just like I can't fail. Like I just mm. just that I just like that's not an option. Like I can't just not do what I wanted. Like can't, I can't not get to my goals. So is that scary? To um, feel like you can't not. It used to be scary. It's not scary anymore. I'm a little bit more excited now because I just feel like that's just not gonna happen. What do you so? What changed that? Was it opportunities opening up or was it just your own like thought about it changing? It was after I sold out that Shuba show. I was mm. just like, like, cause I was, cause one, a lot of people don't know, um, Civil Rapper helped me throw the show, but a lot of it, like I was putting up the posters. I didn't have a street team. We didn't have a street team. I put up the posters everywhere. People did not know that. I bought the posters. I put them up. I was out there like pressing people. I was texting people. I was really just trying to get people to like march, like getting everyone from this marginalized south side up to like Shubas was really yeah. hard. Um, and then Kevin Kova had an event that day too. <laughs> so that was really hard because all y'all was there. <laughs> so <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to just get everyone to come to the show. And when I, when I was like successful, I woke up that day and I was like, dang, it sold out like the events. I was like, that. And then after that, you know, I was just like, now I got all these people in this room. Now they can see this show that I've been doing for the past two years. You know, I mean, it's been the same show. It hasn't been the same show. It's been growing, but like, it's been the same energy. And like, people finally saw that. And then, um, you know, people were reaching out, people were trying to help. And, and just, that felt like, but that felt like a big moment. Like, if, let's say when they're making the, like, the biopic 15, yeah. 20 years from now, like, that's going to be one of those turning point moments, that show? Yeah, and when I did that Soul Train, it was just like, I was like, whoa, this is, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just like, no questions. It was, because it was just like, it's Chicago. You got to sell out your first headline. Especially if it's Shuba. Like, Shuba is, the Shuba's is kind of like that marker. For Shuba's people. is that first one. Yeah, Shuba's is just like, because it used to be Reggie's, but like, you can say Reggie's has racist security guards, <laughs> so that's not hot. But it, so then, um, but Reggie's has a great owner. Anyway, wow, look at you hedging your bets. <laughs> yeah, Reggie's has a Reggie's has a great owner, and Brendan's really cool at Reggie's. Security just be tweaking sometimes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't know the guy, <laughs> so like I don't want to like push back your shout out. But that's kind of tough to say that like you own an establishment that like for like years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like almost every show we had this. <laughs> for for those listening at home, what just happened yeah, right there? Anyway, I said it though. I said it though. Like you got to do better, even if you are good. Because like right in this Trump moment, right? Like we got to have higher standards. Yeah, higher exactly. Especially for those who own capital. Especially for those who are in decision and making power like who owns spaces where yeah, black people spend money yeah mm -hmm. and like black people were turning Reggie's up for like five years consistently yeah exactly and so for there to be any problems and not even like the audience like the artists themselves have like repeatedly had issues there mm -hmm. so that's just something that needs to be said from Damon yeah not, not Rick <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh yeah that yeah also that yeah mm -hmm. but uh it's not a cosign of that exactly I don't disagree <laughs> it's like Shubas you gotta sell out Shubas it's 200 people then you gotta sell out or you gotta bring out 400 or you gotta sell out Chop Shop we almost sold out Chop Shop we was like 30 people away 
and then then you just go to metro and then you're like doing your own like so there is kind of this like so there's like levels there's yeah. like levels and there's like milestones so I, well that's me that's what i feel you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like me selling out shoes i was like if i don't sell out shoes yo like i need to either go harder or i'm just not going hard enough and at the time like like i can say this because forget all that political stuff my manager at the time was not helping me out with anything like mm-hmm. like he had like ideas but he wasn't really like like financially like ideas wise like yeah, not even really ideas wise. I was really just doing a lot on my own, um, and I was really, really frustrated. And I really, really was like, "Dang, like maybe I can fail." And a lot of people were telling me, "Oh, well, it's like it's a marathon, not like a sprint." And people were like, "When you get twenty, like you know, folks were just just wild." I didn't have a team, and now I have a team. Um, now I got people behind me. Now the music is getting really dope, and yeah things that just come in place i have a band i have a like a fake i have like a bass band i have a fake bass band and they're raw and like now we they know my songs daniel's brother is part of my band yeah well, we're gonna we're gonna bring the myth and the legend of little bear to the air but i i do he's little bear that's his artist name oh yeah, that's what's yeah. up yeah but i, I want to ask you about that and beyond the context of former managers and you know the specifics of that but you know you're navigating your way through this uh misshapen violent industry of music in in a way that i think is really interesting to watch so first off like what's the worst advice anyone's ever given you on in terms of like music industry stuff or what's some really bad advice you've gotten oh man everything um (laughs) like this one guy told me um look at anderson pack you know like it took him till he's 29 to get where he's gonna go you gotta be patient Forget that. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, also be, I'm being patient, but at the same time, like, I'm not finna just like say, oh, hopefully when I'm 29, Dr. Dre will sign me. Like, no, it's not happening. <laughs> what? Yeah. That, um, what's another one? Uh, oh, we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to sell out this venue. Let's just try to get at least, let's focus on getting a hundred people in the room. That would make a statement. Mm. That was whack. Yeah. Um, pff, super <laughs> whack. <laughs> Uh, what what's another one? Um, oh, you might want to let's see. Signing a multi record label deal isn't wrong. Someone told me that mm. they were stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason why I ask this is because it does seem like you have a good like bullshit sensor and are figuring out how to like take in the pieces of advice, take the pieces that work for you and reject the rest. And you're not like going to do something because someone else tells you to. Yeah. Um, someone was like, uh, you'll notice the more, like the bigger you get, the more white people you'll be around. So you need to start being nicer to them. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, I'm the nicest person ever. Second of all, I, I'm still like, I can still check you and be nice. Like yeah. I can still like not rock with you and be nice. Cause yeah, whatever. It's really interesting you say that actually because it's actually one of the notes I had written down. Ooh. Is yeah, you made the notes list. That was uh, pretty good. <laughs> no, you have you're very good at charming white people in industry spaces. Like I've seen you do this a couple times where it's whether like the and I'm not I don't mean it in a negative way. Yeah. I mean it in like the like I, I don't know. How do you think about that stuff? How do you think about like managing those relationships with people? Whether it's you know you know not specifically the Reggie's owner, but situations similar to that. Yeah. Uh... Well, you know, I grew up in the burbs, so um, you find out how to talk to people that you already know 
don't see you as a like a, a whole ass equal human being to them. Mm. <laughs> so like you just know like there's just certain levels that you can go with people. You know what I mean? That you can go with people. You can just like and you and you just have to know that. You just have to know that. You know certain conversations that you can go with people because you know how someone thinks before they even open their mouth to say it. Hmm. Um, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate? Like on you know, like some like I, some people I just wouldn't walk up to and like ask. So what do you think about Charlottesville? Because I know what they're gonna open their mouth and say. It's gonna be super duper whack. Like people in the music industry. So I just you know I just be like, yo, what you been up to? <laughs> oh, how you been? How's that going? How's the, how's promotion going? How's you know how's you know how's music going? How's that how's business how's business going? Yeah, it's just like you know it's like we can have a relationship that doesn't revolve around. Um, politics because that's gonna make me not like you mm. so yeah. so we keep a distance but then at the, at the end of the day you know um i know who i can talk to about what and that's what really i think that's what really helps like a lot of people because sometimes people just like talk to everyone about like everything and you can't do that and like that's mm. a no-no you know S- something really in, in, rela- in relation to like the politics of navigating white supremacy, capitalism, et cetera. Something I've like really admire about your growth or transition in the last few years, but I wonder if there's any intention, uh, not intention, tension for you internally mm. um, is as like you're, you're coming out, you were branded like as this political rapper or this activist rapper. Mm-hmm. And you spent a lot of time in those like overtly political spaces. Mm-hmm. You in doing your work, Right, like have had less time to be in those like quote unquote frontline type yeah, arenas, right, right, right. and I, what I see is like you've gone from like fighting for freedom in the political sense to like doing freedom, right, or like True. being free. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like even in the songs, like it's still there, right? Like mm-hmm. who who you are, what you see about the world is there, but it's not as explicit or as, or as overt or as you know immortal technique. Yeah, about yeah. It, right. Like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> I was just about to say that I don't want to, because I don't want to be. Uh... But do you feel any tension before, like, you you kind of like go in the, the beauty of it, like an intention, any tension of like not being in the the spaces of like the political rally type organizing space as much as you have been. I used it. to, I used to like feel bad, um, but then like the people, and I would see people who I used to organize with and I would see people who like, you know, I used to like see every day in spaces like that and they would tell me that they were like happy for me and I was like, dang, okay. Yeah, that's, so, all and I, yeah, that's all it takes. Because that really all that matters. They all, they all who really matter. So when I see them, I'm like, oh, okay. Then like, okay, cool. I feel good. You know what I mean? Gets you out of your head, out of the guilt of it. Yeah, it gets like, me in my head out of the guilt and it's dope because then people can see that like, even though I'm in these different spaces, like I'm still me and I'm still doing the work, even if I'm doing it like nonchalantly, just because like, because of the stuff that you guys have installed in me so hard, you know what I mean? Right. Like it just hasn't left and it just like, it overtly like shows in my music and yeah. my shows. Um, From the songs now to the organizing before that, to the quinceañeras, like it's all there, you know? <laughs> it is all there. <laughs> the Christian uh, jerk. The Christian jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really, that. that's an interesting thing because I think, you know, the the ability to hear someone say, like, I'm happy for you and I want you to live this, like, yeah, the, the the like fight is so that you can feel and be free, right? And so that the people around you can feel the same thing. Um, are you? Do you think about like I'm I'm seeing more and more artists like on a huge scale right now, like whether it's in their music or not, do it kind of doing like 
justice work quote as like side projects Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about this it's like the shift you know like kanye and lupe had foundations and now people are building not foundations but like organizations and collectives or initiatives or stuff like that um let's say like 10 years from now you're wherever you want to be career-wise music-wise um is there a thing that you would want to like take on as like that other piece of like i'm just gonna make this happen do you know what i mean like okay. like a project outside of just the music stuff that's like we're gonna invest the same you know on some like kaepernick shit basically yeah i uh i definitely think i i probably i've been thinking about like the power of protest um and just thinking about how raw that is and like how I used to spend so much time in interviews arguing with people to explain how powerful that was <laughs> when I was people don't be knowing that like because people don't know about the Geneva trip now yeah, like a lot right, of people right, don't right. know about the Geneva yeah. trip and they do not know if you don't know and you're listening to this go back and listen to episode three we talk about it <laughs> yeah and like I used to I was doing a lot of interviews explaining why protest mm. is important and now people are seeing it and now protest is like like overflowed into yeah, like Twitter activism and like now like yesterday like Marcel Williams was about to be about to be executed by like the state of Missouri and like Twitter activism like saved his life you know so like uh, I think I've been like thinking about that maybe I don't know I don't know it's a lot of things I want to like get into I probably would spend like my root my roots in organizing was organizing protests so mm. it'll probably I probably go back into that and talk about like I don't know the importance of that or like how cool that is and like hmm. um, why that is important why constant protest is important. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. I don't know what would what would be your answer? Let's say, Dame. Like, I also want to. Oh, sorry. I also want to like. I've been thinking about like the uh, the energy of like soul trains and like the energy of like ciphers and how they have that sort of like that like back turned. Mm. towards back to like from whatever and like focusing on us mm. and like this energy is like really super positive and dope and like happy so i've been thinking about that too maybe starting i don't know maybe an organization i don't know i'll that's talk cool. to happiness club that's really interesting club. though because it is like contained right it's, it's contained like energy we're, we're yep. creating this little like um like a pod basically that, exactly that can't be touched that we like and when yeah, i did really the root cool. show um like people didn't know what was going on at first because there's like a lot of people there's like 400 people there well, not even, probably more than 400 people, like 800. And, like, so they saw the soul train, and the thing about the soul train is people just see it, and they're like, what's going on? Because everyone's back's turned to them. Everyone's yeah. looking at something that's, that isn't me. And then they see it, and they're like, yo, this is, like, making me happy, and they hop in it. So I think about that energy and figure out how I can use that energy to, like, be something that's super, like, doping, but, like, radical at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, really radical, not, like, Democrat radical, like, super-duper radical, you know? <laughs> um, and transformative. You're just trying to be the rap game Bernie Sanders. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rap game Bernie. Or like, or like rap game Harry Belafonte. Or like yeah, rap no, game Miriam Kaba. Ooh. Yeah. There it is. I feel like at this point, Miriam Kaba <laughs> yeah. might be the rap game Miriam Kaba. <laughs> Miriam Kaba might be the rap game Miriam Kaba. Low key. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's cool hearing you talk about that that energy focus and like bringing people to where you're at, whether it's through the Soul Train line or through what you're doing on stage or whatever. Um, because I think, you know, thinking back on that first interview we did and just kind of the first few times that we got to know each other, like one of the things, it wasn't negative, but it was a little challenging. was like you, I feel like, make people meet you on your wavelength. Like you're good at adapting to crowds, but you're also like when, I don't know, I just, I was listening back to the to the first time we had you on and there were like a couple moments of just like 
kind of feeling each other out and seeing like how do I <laughs> how do we how do we like link up the wavelengths basically. Um, and as someone who you know focuses so much on collaboration with other people, whether it's the band or you know other people that you've like brought in to to support the music you make, how do you look for someone or how do you recognize someone who's like on the same wavelength as you? Yo, I don't know. I mean, I I really don't know how to like explain that. Uh, I mean, I do probably. I don't know. I meet people. Let's find out. Yeah, I know. Let's dig into this. Let's unpack this. <laughs> um, it's almost like finding like a partner. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like you find someone or you meet someone and like you just like feel their energy or you or you just like be, you know, growing up in the Freedom School, uh, Chicago Freedom School and in like being in BYP, I've like been very like confident in myself. So when I meet people, I'm like unapologetically me and super black and like just happy about that and it's all about how i see people receiving it you know mm. like do you receive me as like someone who's really happy with themselves do you receive me as like are you, are you like do you find me as funny because like you think i'm coonish because like i like i say things the way i say things you know and mm. i grew up in black spaces or do you just rock with me because you rock with me you know what i mean so like when i met like when i met your brother like mm. super dope energy like i was like I was like, dang, like we were driving, you know, I live far. So we, I picked him up from your house and like, I like, drove far and the whole time I was like, I'm rocking with this dude's energy. Yeah, it's like, like damn near international travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm rocking with this dude's energy. And he also had the dangling earring too. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, and, I was like, and I saw him and I was instantly like, yeah. And I was like, yo, you need to do this live with me too. Let's do this. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> I gave him some of my mom's macaroni that day too. It mm -hmm. was a great day. Um, he was very late getting back home one because you were making music but also because you made him a burger right as y'all were about to walk oh, out right, the door yeah, and it took a very long time to, to, <laughs> to, to, to thaw and I was like Aaron we have plans and he was like sorry Rick's wait, making me a burger wait, wait this burger <laughs> yeah I actually make really great burgers shout out to that yeah Oh dang! He told you the burger wasn't hot. Oh man! Oh wait! Oh, did I overcook that burger? It was overcook that burger. It was a long day. Yeah, no, I hear you. But <laughs> look, if if it was up to me, we would do an hour each week about my brother. But I, I am curious. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, like, or like, no idea, or yeah. other people, um, when I meet people. Well, let's stay on my. Let's stay talking about my brother for one second. Okay, okay. See, we've had your family on, and eventually, <laughs> I think we'll probably get Aaron, especially after he puts out some stuff with whether it's with you or I know he's been working with a bunch of other people in the city. Um, but if, for those who don't have any idea who he is or what his music sounds like, like how would you describe what he does? I'm just curious. This isn't even like, I'm just curious. Like how would you describe his sound or his sense or his vibe or whatever it is? And it's like little bear. Sorry. Little bear. Is he doesn't like, mind the government. Okay. Question. Little Bear is like uh, Bonnie Var with like a saxophone. I mean, with a trombone. Interesting. Okay, that's good enough for me. I was just shout out to Aaron. I was just curious what you thought. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. I like that. Yeah. As we're talking about, just straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. As we're talking about like homies, I think another part of like the excitement we had up top at the top of the hour uh, was because you've had a very interesting life. You were one of the few people that like. I feel some like connection to in terms of just like the weird spaces we've been in with people that like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, like yeah, yeah. you would like, it just comes up randomly. And so I don't know even how, because it's so spread out the like big homies you've had or the people you have a relationship with of how we could like list it all or cousins, but, or cousins which was where I think we should start. 
Because <laughs> this is like this is like Black History, right? Like <laughs> we was driving from Overland, almost at like stop the, the car making. on the highway, and like your first cousin, right, is Jason Weaver, right? Is that your first cousin or or second? Uh, cousin? Like like a secondish. Yeah, but your Jason, cousin, yeah, Jason, Jason Weaver. So for those who don't know, Jason Weaver, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, Teddy from from Drumline, uh, Marcus from from Smart Guy. Uh, he was on a song with Chingy. Second Chingy reference. Wow. In this episode, one call away. One yeah. Call away. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> but there was also a key piece of information about Jason Weaver that you shared with us that we did not know. Oh, Jason. Yeah, Jason was Simba. Can you oh, elaborate yeah. on what you mean by that? Yeah. Every, I, I that's him, legendary. I've been telling people this and nobody believes me and then I pull it up. When Jason was 14 years old, Jason uh, was the vocals for Simba. Like all the, like, all the singing the vocals. All the singing vocals because Disney's very racist. So they didn't have him talking even though he's a great actor. All the singing vocals like just can't wait to be king. That's yeah. my cousin singing that's that. Right. That's, 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 Oh, I Mind just blowing. can't wait. That's Jason. He was also like Michael Jackson in the Jackson oh, he also, 5. Oh, he also was Michael Jackson in the Jackson 5. Jackson. I think we need to give our listeners a moment to like, they all had to pull off the road right now. <laughs> give them a second to pull back on. The, all right, we're back. This is the lineage road. of which we come from. And then, and then like, you got some cool hip hop connections in Atlanta and we don't have to talk about that unless you want to. The other one that's really, really cool is that like, you have a friendship with Orlando Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is another drum line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, this is wild. Through, through one of my cousins, <laughs> oh, a different, yeah, a like, different cousin? like you like through, through my through a different cousin, my cousin Jay Wells, who's also in the music industry, right, 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 uh, right platinum right. selling producer. Uh, but you like was, stayed at Orlando, yes, Jones crib yes, for yes. So like, <laughs> I've been waiting to tell this story forever. <laughs> this, is uh, most, this is the place to do it. We're doing this kind of like late night talk show. We're like, yeah. so we hear you have a great Orlando Jones, <laughs> <laughs> the Narwhal. <laughs> so yes, so like, um. My cousin Jay Wells was doing some like executive producing for Orlando Jones when I was living in Atlanta and we drove to Orlando Jones' house. Orlando Jones makes music. Orlando Jones was making music at the time. He still makes music. Um, if he is, what's up, Orlando? Let me know if you are. Um, and, uh, he's going to do this session with PD Pablo. Because Peter Pablo had just got out of jail, <laughs> and, and but when we got there, who also was a drug line. Who also was a drug line. Yes, who also was a drug line. Exactly, exactly. Which is wild. These, these dudes don't really spread apart too much. <laughs> Yo, we got a drug Yo, we got kids on the floor laughing. It's great. Because <laughs> he was like the trap card when they pulled out Peter Pablo that and drug line in that Rolls Royce. They was like, oh shit, what are we gonna do? They got Peter Pablo. Yes. So Orlando PD Pablo were gonna do a session, um, and I was gonna engineer it, and I ended up not engineering it because like PD Pablo's mother had just passed. Um, RP to her, and then um, so like then we were just stuck in Orlando's house in North Carolina because he was shooting the Sleepy Hollow. He was acting Sleepy Hollow at the time. We were just staying in his house. And it was one of those moments. It was the actual moment where I was in school and I was showing Orlando my music and I showed him my music and he was just like, yo, you should keep doing this music. Like you should drop out and do music. And I was like, cause he asked me, cause after hearing my music, he's like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was just like, uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to get into real estate and telling him a whole bunch of BS. And he's just like, but what do you want to do? I'm going to ask you how you're going to make money. What do you want to do? I was like, oh, I'm going to make music. He's like, okay. 
You should do that. You should make music. Does he didn't tell me to drop out, but he's like, you should make music. And I said, like, Does okay. your mom know that Orlando Jones told you to drop out? Oh, school? when I came home, she was like, why are you coming home? And I was like, Orlando, Orlando Jones. Jones told me to drop out of school. I'm dropping out of school. Like, he told me to do music. And if there's one thing you learned from that movie is that he's a wonderful hardline mentor. He's <laughs> on the right track. Yeah. Actually, what band? What sound? Are y'all, are y'all hip on that new HBO show, Room 104, where it's like a different scenario in this one hotel room? No, he's on that. Oh, yeah, he he was in episode three. It was actually it's wild. It's a wild ass show. You got. I'm, the whole wow. time I was watching, I wanted to text you like, "Yo, this is whole Orlando Jones." Episode. Wow! Okay. So then, like, when I came back home, um, <laughs> me and Orlando were like chopping it up. Like, we stayed in contact. And we found out we both had like almost the same political, like, you know, uh, Orlando poli- Jones is with the shits. Orlando Jones is with the shits. <laughs> Orlando Jones. Do you get? If you guys don't remember, it's on. It's on like now. It's on YouTube now. Like when people was doing the ALS challenge remember when Black like when Mike Brown got killed and then all of a sudden these white people were doing the ALS challenge and everyone was like where did this come from you know what I mean yeah. the ice bucket challenge Orlando did a bullet bucket challenge and he was like this is for like all the people who have been killed by like it's like police in the state like this past year like I challenge you guys to like speak about this yeah. uh, not instead of this but also speak about this and this at the same time like where are you guys at and it went viral and everyone was like yo F Orlando Jones he probably got blackballed by a lot of people and people don't really give him credit for that because like it wasn't huge but it was like Orlando Jones is around around a lot of white people all the time and for him to do that you know what I mean it was like I don't know I really appreciated that so we and him stayed in contact and how we, long like, did you stay in his house for we were there for like three days, dude. That's so crazy. <laughs> we were there for like three days. Me, his dog, his <laughs> wife, and my cousin. And his dog, dog was first. in drumline. <laughs> his, his dog was in drumline? No. I was like, oh, man. Um, I don't know how to top oh, this story. Oh, so so, so how that? So how, what that led to me, Orlando Jones, and Tyler Kweli have a song, actually, that's what? on my SoundCloud. A lot of people don't know. It's called Reverse the Hate. And I was like doing songs. I have multiple songs that I've been like was working on with Orlando, and like we released that song. You have a song out with Orlando Jones and Talib Kweli. That's well, not. And Talib Kweli know that this know that it's out. I just have never met him. That's so funny. Another fun fact in a similar vein: family friends of mine babysitted Talib Kweli when he was a kid. Hmm. Dang, they must be old. <laughs> Are they alive? Yeah, they're like in their seventies. I, mean, I met Talib Kweli thanks to D. Ray Davis. Wow. Ah, All right. They're just connecting those dots. This is like the most, this is such a strange, like, name challenge thing we've got going on here. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. So everyone go watch Drumline. Um, Everyone go follow Orlando Jones. (laughs) And check out Rick's music in the meantime. Yeah, and check check out my music. Yeah, because he just just texts me like a couple days, like a, not a couple days, like a week ago. 15 year late plug for Drumline. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Go check out that new music. That new movie from now on. Stop plugging yourself. Just plug Orlando Jones as well. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Y'all should do that thing that uh who who was that? That was like it was like Kanye and like Ryan Gosling where they kept wearing the shirt of each other, uh, wearing the shirt of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Give me two more years. Oh man, that's so funny. So we we have a little bit of time left and we have a couple things at the end that I wanna ask you about. But I think like all of these little things that we've been leading you to talk about are all things that we just learned through just chopping it up with you. But I want to like formally ask, are there any other of these type like ridiculous stories type things that you, you know, I'm just mining for stories right now, like particular things that you haven't told anyone that are just ridiculous synchronicities like that. Um, like, did you like go to the moon with Oprah or something? Like, <laughs> no. Uh, one of my, one of my best friends name is Prince Okizi. And, uh, when we, after me and him became really good friends, I found out his brother was Sunny Digital. So mm-hmm. Sunny Digital, I was like, 
in, I was in Sonny's house and I was one of the first people to ever hear I Don't Sell Molly No More by McConan when we were mixing it. Wow. When he was when he was mixing it, putting the works on it. Wow. And everyone thought it was super goofy. Mm-hmm. And then like it came out to be this major hit. That's also like I don't I have no I don't even pretend to know what makes a hit. But that one's a particularly weird one. All the McCona stuff is like particularly weird that that's a hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a uh, it's funny. But uh, that scene you kind of like got plugged into like some of the Atlanta hip hop scene, like at least through proxy, right? Like you had kind of oh yeah, well I mean that well, kind of helped. I was at Sunny's. I would be at Sunny's house. You know what I mean? And like I was learning a lot by watching people, but also just like everyone was there, and like Metro mm-hmm. stayed below Sunny at the time. So like I just like met a lot of people in Atlanta. It is the like time. the only other, you know, for all of our hullabaloo about the creative community here and all the music being made, like it's the Atlanta. only equivalent, um, like kind of came, uh, Atlanta's maybe a little bit longer, but it feels like they kind of are, are twin pillars a little bit of yeah. culture right now. Nebuchadnezzar, was, you guys know that is, right? No. Uh, that is a ridiculous name though. Yeah, um, like, gassed up, shoddy, session uh, by 40. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar at the time was like, was basically staying in Sunny's house too. So like, it was like, he's from Atlanta. So it was, I, I have Atlanta roots too. You know yeah. what I mean? We got to figure out how to get down there. Cause I'd love, I wish there was a version of what we do there. Because I think that would be really interesting. Because both, you know, the the musical stuff and, you know, politically, it's a really interesting city, too. I'd love to, like... So if you're a podcast listener in Atlanta, go make a version of this so that I can listen to it. That would be really, really, really fun. Yeah, you guys got to get Jason on the show, too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, he yeah, comes yeah, in town. Yeah, yeah, that'd be... <laughs> oh, whoa, my God. I'll try to make Any that day. Happen. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> but, so, I'm really excited as we're wrapping up about this time... Because I don't know how much you could talk about it, but like you are really planting some roots and some foundations and building the relationships for the next two years or the next five years to be like even a much larger period of growth than the one that you've just experienced. Uh, so just like, how does that sit in your spirit? You know, is there is it angst? I, more for like, I, I, we usually ask questions like, what advice would you give 16-year-old Rick? But I want you to kind of like talk to like, 25 year old rick right now of like how you're feeling right now and that you could go back and listen to the soundcloud link and kind of catch your like oh man you know what i'm saying like uh 25 year old rick man i hope you got enough money to get a house now (laughs) 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 in the burbs (laughs) uh i hope you are with someone that you maybe want to marry or do something like that with uh Let's talk about that. I, I, are you kind of like really traditional when it comes to the love? I, I feel like yeah, I, I grew up in a two parent home, thinking towards marriage. Yeah, kind of often. I grew up in a two parent home, um, and I don't know. I just like know a lot of older people in music who are just like you think they're like like lit, but like they're just like not happy because like yeah, you can be lit and lonely at the same time. Yeah, they'd be like they're very very lonely people, or like they like fell in love with someone and like they ran away from it when they were younger, and mm-hmm. I don't want to run away. You know what I mean from it. <laughs> so that's or, or long jump away from it. Or long jump away from it. <laughs> or think or like think that it can happen Shout in the future when it won't happen. So I'm just like gasping in every moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, but to to that follow up though, like you can give specifics if you can, or please do give specifics if you can. But like in terms of these next steps, like what are you really excited about? Kind of like in the radio e like what are the, what are the next things that you're really excited I'm about? really I really want to I want to like I I want to travel like I'm not travel I sound like a damn like 18 year old just about to take a gap year no but <laughs> I want to I want to tour I want to tour with an artist that I appreciate or like a bigger act I want to tour with a bigger act 
um, and do some dates with them. And then I want to tour again. And then I want to, I want to, I want to go on like a trip to like a different country with like someone I love and have fun. You know what I mean? Be able to afford that trip. Yeah. Um. I want to take my mom out of the country. She's never been out of the country. I want to take my mom somewhere. You know, mm. dope. I don't know where. Um. Enjoy that trip. I just got a lot of. I got like you know. I'm a very like you know personal family as maybe shouldn't curse. We're person. We got beef with So so. Uh, but yeah, it's about extending like what being free can mean and like being that exactly yeah. Be, extending what being free can mean. You know what I mean? Um. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. Before we get out of here, we have to play the most important game. We only have a minute and a half left, and I don't think we did this the last time All you right, were on. Before we play the game, I'm going to say one thing, though. Uh, I just want to give you a shout-out, man. I texted you a couple weeks yeah, ago, but, like, yeah, but just man. being a good, genuine person, I consider you like an actual friend. Word, uh, man. I appreciate and the energy that. that like like when I see you, right? Like and No matter <laughs> if I'm in a room with all the people we know, and it's like feeling weird. If I see Rick, there's like a comfort yeah, and a genuine sure. love and acknowledgement. Uh, and I appreciate that, and I'm sure many other people appreciate you for just being you. So even if you fell off tomorrow and your next album was whack, you know what I'm saying? Like, you still mm -hmm. are that nigga to me, and you, you're raw. Appreciate so, it, Much man. love. So now, the, I, I concur. <laughs> the most important part of Ergo has become this pillar, this foundational game that we play. Uh -uh. It's all about accountability. Uh, and so, you know, there's, a, there's a, a sect of the world that has run amok. And those are R&B singers. Uh -oh. So every week we try to ask our guests to start beef with an R&B singer and tell us why. <laughs> are you for real? I am for real. R. Kelly. Uh, and I was going to say, R. Uh, Kelly's why the game. R. Kelly? Yeah, he's why the game is created. He's in the rafters. So you get that. R. Okay, Kelly. Usher. Oh, okay. We This has come up before. Can well, you elaborate why? Hold on. Well, let, me, let me not do Usher because he's famous right now. Let me not do Usher. Um... Usher, yes. <laughs> why, <laughs> why, Usher. Usher. why Usher? Because, man, you could have, like, you could have easily, like, when that came out, with all the stuff that came out about, like, the herpes and everything, you could have easily, like, came came out with a, like, with a, with, with a statement that could have been, even if you do have it, you could have turned that into, like, you being, like, like, some sex positivity, herpes, herpes awareness or something like that. Like Instead, you decided to be, like, you decided to be quiet and be a whack-ass Dude. Dude about it. <laughs> Be a whack person about it. And then like and then engage or like or engage in like the fat chamber of the person who like uh, like accused yeah. you of it. Like you like you're so, like how you, you are so whack. Like there's so many it's two thousand seventeen. Yeah. You could turn that positive. Hey, you're usher. You could have like really Yeah. You could have you could have beat You could've easily, yeah. you know what I mean? Like so he's whack. You All can't right. you can't get rid of the herpes, but you can get rid of the controversy yeah. easily. Yeah, and also just he's been on here before. I just want people to know. Usher? Yeah. Not the shit. Not, not the shit. Oh, but on me. But me. everybody needs to know that the whole confessions story and narrative was like manufactured. And he basically like shamed his girlfriend that had nothing to do with what he was talking about. Him and Chili did not have that story. That was Jermaine Dupree's life. And they just were trying to manufacture drama and controversy so that he could become a bigger star. You can pick your job yes. off the floor. There's no baby. That whole story about the side chick was completely Jermaine Dupree's life. With Janet Jackson? I think it was before Janet Jackson. Whew. 
Jermaine Dupree too. I'm a beef with him. Yeah. How you let go of Janet Jackson? Yeah. But anyway, the, Jermaine gets a lot of beef. All right, I think we gotta. I think we gotta get up out of here. Where can the people find you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on the south side of Chicago. You can also find me on the north side, uh, <laughs> walking in around in, in the birds. You can't find me in Blue Island, Illinois. If you really want to look, um, uh, I'm on Spotify. You're like I'm a on. I actually am in a cul-de-sac in a cul-de-sac. Uh, I brought this like, <laughs> I brought this bringing this like my friend out there for the first time ever, and she was just like. You're not about to kill me, are you? Because she's like from Lakeview, and we were going riding through like the dark, like trees and stuff, and there's like no street lights. She's like, "You're not about to kill me, are you?" I'm not. So if you come to the suburbs, I might kill you. <laughs> not her, but I might kill you. Um, you find no Apple Don't Music. Come looking for Don't come looking for me. Don't come for me. I'm Cardi B. <laughs> the X all day. <laughs> on SoundCloud, Spotify, just the yeah, name. SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, you can find me on Twitter on the Disco Rick. I just had a tweet that went viral with the Migos on September. And everyone stole that. Did you make so, that? The, I made a, that video. I made up Birth, Wind, Fire. And I like edited the mashup and I made the video. Like I didn't make the mashup, but I edited the mashup and I made the video. And like everyone stole it from me, but it's okay. And then I'm on Instagram under Rick Wilson. It's me. Doing it for and I just dropped a picture with a romper on. So go hate on that. Yeah. All my homosexual friends. Uh, I mean, go hate on that. All my homophobe friends. <laughs> go hate on that and come very for me. Yeah, very different influences. <laughs> go hate on that and come for me because I'm ready for you to come for me. Yeah. I have one piece of beef with you that has nothing to do with that, which is the song that my brother's on on Spotify. It says featuring Little Bear, but it's the wrong Little Bear tag. It's a folk band tag. So we gotta, we'll, we'll talk offline. We'll get the everything synced up. On Spotify? Up yeah, we'll talk. Okay. Wait, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, well, now, 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 you, now know. you know. All right. For the people. We are Ergo Radio, at Ergo Radio everywhere. Absolutely. I got nothing else to say. No, I think we talked, uh, I think we talked we, enough. We finished it. Much love to the people. All right, you guys. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Splash! Yeah.